This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The drought of 1955. I've been looking for that analog year to this and was reminded that 1955 is a candidate. My dad would have started farming after returning from the U.S. Army in 1954, but never mentioned it. It was very early in his career. It could have been the worst drought year in his farming experience. My father-in-law, who also farmed then, talked about it, saying that most corn did not make grain that year, thus being cut for silage. Based on conditions in the forecast, that could happen again this year. My late father-in-law said it was good silage as some of the nutrients meant for the year were in the stalks. The family still feeds cattle. Rains received this last week should be enough for our corn to produce silage. It'll take more rain for a successful pollination. 1955 popped up in Eric Snodgrass's webinar as having Enzo characteristics similar to the drought years of 1988 and 2012. All were La Nina years. We noted that the current models were pointing back in the direction of La Nina. I think that it was mostly where you farmed that determined which drought year in the 1950s they remember. The 1955 drought was a western drought impacting western Iowa and South Dakota. The eastern Corn Belt was less affected than too. They called it the drought of the 1950s from 1952 to 56 because of lingering effects. The peak year was said to be 1953 for the state of Iowa as a whole, but farmers allude to 1955 as the worst in northwest Iowa. The U.S. Department of Interior report on drought in the 1950s noted that rainfall deficiencies were especially great in the south from August through September 1953, when monthly precipitation ranged from 10 to 25 percent of normal. Severe crop damage was sporadic during the remainder of the drought, and the soil moisture deficiencies were not effectively relieved until July of 1958, when rainfall was above normal throughout much of the state. The full impact of all the rainfall deficiencies of 1953 on water supplies were not apparent until late in the drought period. Recovery from low stream flow was slower in Iowa during the late 1950s than in states to the south and west, where heavy rainfall in 1957 produced substantial runoff. The last part of the state to recover from the effects of drought was the northeast, where relief did not arrive until 1958, unquote. Ironically, I got a robocall from our rural water provider here last week, asking that we do not wash cars or water our lawns. That is the first time that I ever remember receiving such a call. This came from the U.S. Weather Bureau entitled Drought of 1955. They wrote back then, It is of small comfort to an individual farmer whose crops were ruined this year by a serious drought in his farm to know that the country as a whole had one of its most productive years, unquote. They did not grow much of anything but wheat in North Dakota in 1955. They will not grow much of that this year either. Only 20% of North Dakota spring wheat is rated good to excellent. South Dakota and western Iowa were the most impacted by the drought for corn then. Differing, though, from 1955, the central and southern plains has been wetter, growing a good wheat crop. Nothing is ever quite analog. The epicenter of the corn belt has moved significantly west and northward over several decades since, so that the northwest corn belt represents a much greater U.S. portion of corn and soybean production today. That means that the impact on U.S. production will be greater today than then. 
Total plummeted acreage to all crops in Iowa and Illinois. Basis March intentions were 47.05 million. Total planted acres to all crops in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota combined, the region most impacted by drought, add up to 55.79 million. As to specifically corn, Illinois intended to plant 10.9 million compared to a combined 16.9 million acres collectively for North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. It will be hard for Illinois to average up the loss. Remember that the northern part of Iowa is where most of the corn in that state is grown, is included in the have-not region this year weather-wise. Wednesday will be a big report day, likely setting the price trend into July with the June acreage report and the June 1st grain stocks reports. Corn acreage estimates range from the low end of 600,000 more acres to the high end of 4.4 additional acres. In soybeans, the trade is factored in a gain of 1.4 million acres on average, with a range of guesses from 300,000 acres to as many as 2.8 million. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.